0: This is football. Bill Barnwell joins in a second. We do best case scenarios for all the playoff teams. Really enjoyed this exercise. Uh, in the meantime, everything happened. Every single thing happened. Um, I'm going to do my third monologue, third and a half monologue um, since the original one, which was going to be about Mike Vrabel and Matt Iberflus coming back and all this stuff and Vrabel getting fired and. Then Pete Carroll happened, so we did a Carroll one. Then Nick Saban happened, so we did a Saban one. And now we have the Belichick one, which wipes everything else away. I could do 30 minutes on Nick Saban, um, but the Belichick news is so massive that we move. Uh, By the way, NFL-wise, Pete Carroll leaves, Bill Belichick leaves. Third oldest coach in football, Andy Reid. Probably not much of a surprise. been around forever. Been around since we were all kids. The fourth most elder coach. So now second, moving up, line of succession. The second oldest coach in football after Andy Reid. Drumroll, please, John Harbaugh. Didn't see that coming. Snuck up on you. Looks 46. He's just been there forever. Um, he's over 60. So we'll talk about Belichick here for a second. And by second, I mean 10 minutes. My best idea ever is that Bill Belichick should have a bar rescue style show in which, and maybe that's how we saw Thursday Night Football, he goes into a town, goes into Carolina, and says, here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're going to do with Derek Brown and Brian Burns. Here's what we are going to do with... The, I mean, now he, he's no longer allowed to touch the careers of young quarterbacks. That's That's separate, but... For a long time, he could do no wrong. And for 21 other positions, um, he could figure out what was wrong. And if there was no problem to be immediately solved or no solution to the problem, he would scheme up something. No one schemed up pass rush with bad pass rushers better. No one schemed up a solid secondary with lesser talent. I mean, for God's sakes. He had receivers playing defensive back. Troy Brown, Mike Vrabel at tight end for a little bit, um, catching touchdowns. Like, no one solved problems better than Bill Belichick. That's his legacy. I think about these elder statesman coaches, Saban, Carroll, Belichick, leaving the game right now as I think about, like, there's a famous line from World War I, which is, if you started the war, you were on horseback. When you left the war, you were in tanks. And these guys were in an era that changed so rapidly. No other era will change like this. Because, obviously, at time, Belichick was taking on Marv Levy and Jim Kelly and putting those Bills teams in his pocket and Joe Montana's 49ers and that whole – there's a Bob Glover book, Blood and Guts, um, that whole – Triangle, Gibbs, Parcells, and Walsh, kind of a triangle of teams just beat the crap out of each other. Belichick was the DC coming up with some elite game plans to win Super Bowls, win conference championship games, win divisions, all that stuff. But then Belichick also outduels Marshall Falk in The Greatest Show on turf by basically hitting the crap out of Marshall Falk. I mean, there's all sorts of stories about the Rams begging Mike Marth to change their game plan to beat Belichick. He wouldn't do it. And that's also the legacy of Belichick is being so flexible as to outmaneuver coaches who have one idea and hammer it over and over and over again. By the way, that's most coaches. Um, And then all of a sudden, he beat Sean McVay for his last Super Bowl, a guy who wasn't even born for the beginning of Belichick's greatest defensive performances. Um, There are so many stats I could run through. Here's a couple. Uh, 162 head coaches have been hired in 224 total coaching stints since Belichick was hired. He's the model of stability and not just stability for the sake of stability. He understood uh, that each season was a living, breathing thing and how to adapt there. The best compliment you can give is that when I would ask people in the league why the Patriots won, you would get 10 different answers. And that could be roster management, that just giving cutting guys or trading guys a year early instead of a year too late. The way they manage the salary cap, the way they let guys test for agency to set their market. And then they would come back. Um, whether, whether that's that same offseason season or two years later, um, they knew how to rob Peter to pay Paul from a position standpoint. Okay. We're, we're low on linebackers. We'll figure it out with, by getting a good safety. Like they knew what that was. Um, they used the middle of the field, Because outside the numbers game was expensive. So you end up with slot receivers. You end up with tight ends. Um, They understood where the game was going. And it was normally zagging from what everybody thought. But. The true answer for why the Patriots always won. Belichick and Brady. That's it. Two smart people who did their jobs. There's a. A line in Seth Rickersham's book I think about a lot, where Jimmy Johnson told Belichick that 20 of the 30 teams back then, there's been expansions since then, will just get out of your way because they're bad. And for most of the time in New England, Belichick was always the team that let teams beat themselves. Always the coach that let teams beat themselves. He was never in those 20 people. He was never going to remove himself from general incompetence or a bad plan at quarterback or, hey, we didn't put enough into pass rush. We didn't put enough into the offensive line. We're cooked. Never happened. He was the model of competency. In a sport where you're supposed to, it's supposed to be baked in because of the schedule, because of the salary cap, because of the draft, you're supposed to have lean years. That's what is supposed to happen. And the way to not do that is to be Bill Belichick and have Tom Brady and figure out, by the way, what Brady needed. And that could be closed-door defensive meetings where he basically says, here's how you poke holes in these defenses. Um, That could be understanding the line needs. That could be understanding where the offense is going. Great example, 07 Patriots. The kernels of that came from Josh McDaniels going to Dan Mullen in Florida and saying teach me urban myers offense and all of a sudden you're using the middle of the field you're using a bunch of different concepts you're using college ball before that was a thing everybody i think a couple of years ago um si did their most important people in the f- football of the last 20 years whatever it was and chip kelly was on the list because it's like well he brought college schemes to to pro football and all due respect, to Chip Kelly. There were a lot of people who were borrowing heavily from college before Chip Kelly. That's Andy Reid, that's Josh McDaniels, that's Urban Meyer. They brought those schemes to this, and that's not. I mean, Sean O'Hara told me around that time that, in, in when I was doing a piece, but a decade later, that was the coming out party for so many different things. Um, the spread, just spreading those guys out, slot receivers, all that stuff, and they had the personnel to do it. Um, getting Wes Welker and Randy Moss at a discount for various reasons, um, and then the next year Tom Brady goes out and they 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 win ten games with Matt Castle, um, and I just think that that's it. Just shows you, I I cannot get I I hate these Facebook dads who keep posting his record without Tom Brady. The two number one he drafted Tom Brady, and gave him and and, and Brady was a completely different player at the beginning of his career. I've changed my mind on the legacy of, of all of that stuff and given Brady more credit than, than I used to I mean, you'd be an idiot not to, but I think, I think Tom Curran had this line right after, right after the, uh, the breakup three years ago that he, he defaults to giving Belichick more credit for the first three Super Bowls. Think about the defense. Think about the role Tom Brady played in the offense. Um, think about the supporting cast. Uh, so, Belichick, more credit for the first three. Brady, way more credit for the last three when you just consider that a lot of that was just his own his own heroics. But I think the Patriot way, quote-unquote, that big old quotes, is just two guys doing their job. Nothing else. No secret sauce. And we know that because the Patriot way has been tried in other places and nothing happened. Um, Belichick almost won The highest scoring, highest yardage Super Bowl in history. And then the next year won the lowest offensive output in Super Bowl history against the Rams. And by the way, one of the greatest offensive coaches in history was on the sideline for that game. Sean McVay. And they won 13-3. So you could get him in any game and he would figure out what it was supposed to look like. The one thing about having a different game plan every single week, which is what Belichick had, is you're very rarely dead wrong. And until the last two years, he really wasn't. He always had the game plan. Rodney Harrison told me one time that the Wildcat game was not only the only time he saw Belichick unprepared, it was the only time he saw Belichick not vastly overprepared. He was prepared for five things the team could have done, they did one. And Belichick was able to do it. Now, sometimes just the NFL, one thing execution-wise doesn't work. Everything falls apart. The talent gap is just too narrow for it to work every single time. But it worked enough times. And that, to me, is a testament to absolute excellence. And I also think just the way he – like the whole do-your-job thing, I think people kind of oversimplify it. It's putting guys in places to succeed. I remember doing a story a couple of years ago about how he expected you to do your job so much that he actually very rarely complimented players. Um, that's why it's rare when I think I saw the other uh, the couple months ago for the season that Patrice Bergeron, the, um, the Bruins star retired. And, and he called, I it sounds like he, uh, he, he talks to a lot of Bruins coaches. And he said that Patrice Bergeron was their Devin McCordy. And that's such a nice thing to say about, about Devin McCourty and you remember not every player gets that and a lot of players don't. Um, And it sounds like if we've read the reporting, like Tom Brady didn't really get it until the end of his, his career, just Bill Belichick saying, yep, you're the man. Uh, He didn't say good job a lot. That was the piece I wrote. He did not say good job a lot to the point that guys like Matthew Slater and Rob Ninkovich, they could remember exactly when Bill Belichick said good job, but that was him. It was a standard of excellence. There was a standard of do your job. You're put in this role to succeed. You're going to do it. It's the same as, you know, the, the guy at the bagel shop making your coffee. He's not, you're not, you're just expected to make the coffee. That's what you're doing. You're put in that position and you're not going to go, whoa, hey, whoa, even though if they put the iPad, they flip the iPad They said you want a 25% tip? No, I don't want to tip you 25%. That's the expectation in New England. You are put in a role to do your job and you do it. He doesn't say good job a lot, but I will say coach, good job. Why should you bet with Caesars Sportsbook? Two words, Caesars Rewards. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. Hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, and more. It's not just an app, it's an empire. 21 and up must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem? Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Or Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, Bill Barnwell is here. I don't think we've ever potted together. We've been on TV no. together many times. You have a very nice bookshelf behind you. Oh, thank um, you. I aspire Built the house I'm renting. to that
1: level. The house you're <laughs> renting in, in, in New England, right? Yes, in New England. Um, I, Kevin, I made it very clear to you many years ago. Two things had to happen for oh. me to come on this show. Number one, you had to beat me in a FaceTime on Around the Horn. Yeah, of course. And number two, Pete Carroll had to go. That's Both exactly right. Now. That's
0: exactly I'm right. Here. And I called you. And that was the one thing after Schneider and Jody Allen made the move. They yes. texted us personally and said, it's time. That's all they said. They said, it's time. And we knew yes. what that meant. And we immediately hopped on. Um, so we're going to go through the best case scenario for all 14 uh, playoff teams. And we're going to do that in mm-hmm. very quick order. Uh, just real quick, 45 seconds on this. The football, the Seahawks obituary for Pete Carroll is what?
1: Great hire, an incredible coach, someone who made that team so much fun. We're going to associate, I believe, the that era, the Legion of Boom era, not just with the players, of course, but with Pete Carroll more yeah. than, say, we associate the Aaron Rodgers-Packer era with Mike. McCarthy, <laughs> you know, like, like it, feel, yeah. it, feel, it feels more intrinsic to yeah. the Seahawks and other coaches, but the reality is the reality for every year it's been, Oh, we did X, Y, or Z to fix this defense. And the Niners aren't going to shred us anymore. And then every year, the Niners shred them twice a year. So I, maybe that got tiring after a while.
0: One thing I think the Legion of Boom helped us with is it taught us all football, like the younger yes. writers, because, okay, you talk about the Packers, right? The lesson from that, even though there were schematic things in the West coast offense and, and drawing mm-hmm. guys off with their cadence and all that stuff. Great. But, the, the lesson was Aaron Rodgers is awesome. And he was throwing darts yes. all over the field. Like the cover three stuff was Earl Thomas versus Richard Sherman versus the pass rush. Like, I mm-hmm. just felt like that was just such a treasure trove of football information that if you're, you and I are both sort of coming of age in football media mm-hmm. around that time. And I, sure. it was a special time and just learning about football. And I, I loved it. Um, and, and uh, hopefully Pete Carroll has a, has a nice next chapter where you can contribute yes. to the game. Stop. absolutely. um, all right, let's 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 run through this. We're going to do best-case scenario and uh, ceilings, what could break right, what can break wrong, that kind of stuff. I was going to do worst-case scenario for each team as well, but I, I got to be honest with you, like, we kind of know what – like, it, it's it's all like, oh, the – it would be the same. I was thinking, I was like, well, the quarterback turns the ball over four times and then nothing happens, and it like, okay, we got it. Um, so let's start with the first playoff game. The Cleveland Browns, I think the most intriguing best case on the board, the Cleveland Browns best case scenario for the next month of football is what, Bill
1: Barnwell? It's winning the Super Bowl. Yes, That's not out of the realm of possibility. Do you disagree?
0: I completely agree. But what has to happen for that to happen? Is that just Joe Flacco? Yeah,
1: go ahead. They have to stop turning the ball over because right. even, even given this incredible stretch of football from Joe Flacco, he's still tossing two or three turnovers a game. And he's been great. I hope he's going to keep being great. But for Joe Flacco to have the kind of hot streak that helped the Ravens win a Super Bowl a decade ago now, yeah. he has to have games with zero or one turnover. He just can't do two or three against better teams and survive week after week.
0: I have a take that is so unfair to everybody. Please. Joe Flacco is Brown's Joe Flacco is overrated. He <laughs> yes, it's true. It's because it's unfair, but you're right. They needed they needed, they needed they needed competency at the position. Yes. And then because it's Joe Flacco, I love Joe Flacco. And he's had a special career and I, he's mm-hmm. a special personality and everybody loves him. And I don't know if I've ever told the story on this this show, but uh somebody once told me like he's a notoriously good tipper around Baltimore because it's a good rep so and someone was someone it was someone in the ravens organization they're having pizza with him or something he tipped a, a trillion dollars and i said what are you doing I said, let me tell you something so well, most people are going to have one experience with me their entire lives and they're going to say mm-hmm. i waited on joe flacco i was the bartender or whatever and i just it's very cheap relative to what i have to make that a good story and I said, that's mm-hmm. that's a good way to put it and so now i tip uh Sixteen percent. Sixteen percent. I'm the Joe Flacco. I'm kidding. I give twenty percent. Is that
1: is that why Joe Flacco came back? Because he was so broke from tipping so much (laughs) with his prior deal? He's like, I I gotta work. I gotta please someone hire me. And he's been balling out. And now he's gonna have a second act as a just tipping heavily around the Cleveland area.
0: I tip twenty percent, Joe Flacco. I don't know what what the percentage (laughs) is, but it's it's very nice. Tip tip your servers. It's very important. Um. All right. So, uh, is there anything else with the Browns there that needs to, to needs to break right for them?
1: Yeah, I think so. Miles Garrett has to be one hundred percent. He has one sack over the last seven games of the season and they've struggled. They've they've really been we talked about the turnovers on offense. They've also been thriving, really surviving by forcing a turn of turnovers on defense. And that's also tougher to do in the postseason because you're playing better quarterbacks. So if Miles Garrett is right, obviously he's the best player on the best defense in football, kind of breaks everything right for them, I think. I know this is crazy theory, Kevin, their best defensive player and their quarterback have to play well for them (laughs) to achieve their goals. But I think they have a Super Bowl ceiling if both those things happen.
0: All right. Texans. I don't know, like for power ranking teams that can win the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't fall down a flight of stairs if the Texans won, won the Super Bowl. I'd be a little bit surprised because sure. of where they are in the life cycle. Um, I want to ask you this, and I don't want to derail us, but I got a great listener question on Sunday night saying, I think we've all in the commentary it said they need a number one receiver. Maybe mm-hmm. T. Higgins becomes available. See what happens with the franchise tag, whatever. Go out and get it. Someone said to me the other day, okay, over the past couple of weeks, have Nico Collins and Tank Dell shown enough? And Tank Dell obviously out now. They've shown enough to say, actually – put a pin in that let's go address the defense, let's go address linebacker, secondary all that stuff and, and kind of build that way. What would you do if you're Nick Casario right now?
1: I would stick with Nico Collins and and Tank Dell always. And and a third piece is fine. Hopefully John Mechie is a little further recovered from obviously, you know, the leukemia battle he had as a rookie, but Nico Collins is going to finish second in the NFL in yards per route run. He he has elite underlying metrics based on his performance. Now, of course, that one stat, very nerdy, wonky stat, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be that guy year after year, but he's shown, hey, I can be that guy. Tank Dell has shown for individual games, hey, I can be that guy. It's not like... This is a Justin field situation where they just had to get somebody to help because the receivers were not very good. This is like a situation where if Calvin Ridley is a free agent and he likes wants to come to Houston and there's a good deal to be made, hey, why not do it? But in terms of what this team needs, what their shopping list is for the offseason, I do think it's um, a linebacker. I think I think yeah. Michael Ryan's needs his Fred Warner. I think it's players in the secondary. I, I don't think wide receiver is really a problem for this football team.
0: No, I completely agree. All right, well, uh, Texans' best-case scenario is what? I mean, I think uh, the the elevator pitch is C.J. Stroud goes off, but it's a little right. more uh, nuanced than that.
1: I think so. I, I think you need to have the defense play well. I think Will Anderson, who's battling a high ankle sprain, yes. I, again every every player every team. I'm going to be like, their pass rusher needs to play really well. Uh, Will Anderson and, needs and, to. They, be and a star.
0: the guy who might be healthy should be healthy. That would help too. Like that's, yes. that's going to be the that's going to be the, the through line in all 14 yeah. teams.
1: Yes, no, but but I, I think Anderson and Garrett. It's more essential because as good as the Browns are, they don't have a pass rusher anywhere near as good as as Garrett elsewhere on the roster. Same thing for the Texans. Will Anderson has been a superstar by his underlying yeah. metrics. I think he has to be a guy who you know forces two or three fumbles in the afc playoffs for them to get to the super bowl but i think i also think they can get to the super bowl
0: i i completely agree all right i have a question so those two teams yep versus the dolphins rank those three teams with likelihood to get to the super bowl right now with the current construction of their team texans Yep.
1: Browns, mm. huge chasm yeah like you're falling in a yep. pit for like like two minutes like you're you're scared at first and then you're like how long is this pit gonna be i've been falling <laughs> for so long um eventually you see the ground and you're like oh that's where the dolphins are because
0: it, 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 but it's, it's, not, all yeah. it's all health it's all health maybe it's not all health for you but yeah yeah no, no
1: no it is i i thought i thought a lot of people have said oh it's the weather it's the matchup against the chiefs it's not yeah. that it's the hell they're down you just lose their top three edge rushers, their, yeah. their second best cornerback, their top linebacker, um, the offense. still banged up Jalen Wilder over here. Most might not even play. Like yeah. they're not a hundred percent. If they play like this is a, a pale imitation of the dolphins we saw earlier this season.
0: It's like, they're like Florida state playing in the orange bowl. It's just like, it's a different <laughs> team. That's where all these opt outs come from. Um, no, I, listen, they'll, they'll rebound. I still believe yes. in the program and the direction of the franchise and Mike McDaniel and two and all that stuff. I don't think, I, not to be reductive about Florida state, but like, I don't think what's about to happen on Saturday is reflective of the, 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 the ground they've made up on other teams in the FCA. Yeah, They got unlucky.
1: And that's a tough thing to say. It's like, don't draw significant conclusions yeah. from this season. When all you want to do as a fan or an analyst is draw significant conclusions from what you saw in a season. I think they're in perfectly fine shape. They just need to have more breaks go their way. But can, do you think they have any hope of advancing past the first round?
0: Um, I mean, we've seen the Chiefs struggle with worse teams this year. Right. Um, and so I think there's hope there. I'm, but we're done with the Super Bowl here. Okay? There's yes. hope of them beating the Chiefs, yes. And like I think that uh I think there's people in Kansas City who are braced for a playoff letdown because we all refuse to rule out Mahomes go like, we're all saying the I think most people think that the the Chiefs have the second best chance to make the super bowl after the ravens in that conference i think there's people who are closer to the situation being like eh, i don't know man like, this is a pretty pretty bleak situation i do think in the long run the defense being young and talented will help but the receiver thing is pretty it's pretty grim um yes. so let's get to the chiefs here uh like it, it, is breaking right for them just just mvs randomly having a 110 yard <laughs> game and catching three of those deep balls over the next month
1: Maybe like stumbling on a random wide right <laughs> receiver, like, like, like Pokemon Go, like, like, yeah, you just yeah, yeah. happen to run into like uh, Jerry Rice Jr. at some point on the sideline and he suddenly plays for you. I mean, like they have, they gave Justin Ross more snaps in week 18. Richie James could play uh, Kadarius Tony. I, I don't know. Maybe he learned how to catch while he was out for a couple of weeks. He did like, not. He
0: did not. He did not.
1: Um, no, he did not. I, I was trying to be optimistic. I, like, to me, I think the only problem with this team, the the, the big significant issue with this team is. They don't have receivers. And if you can win without receivers, they can do it. And they did make it to the AFC championship game last year, lost a couple of receivers early. Like you said, had to use Marcus Valdez Scantling as their number one wide receiver. Their number two was oh man, can I pull the name off the top of my head? Their number two was a special teamer who barely played all year before or after on offense. They still won. They had Travis Kelsey, and not Travis Kelsey is right. better than this Travis Kelsey, but can they be an offense where we see Isaiah Pacheco go nuts and he's like the focal point of the offense and it, it's different and the defense, you know, wins them a bunch of games? I do think that is possible. So I think they can win the Super Bowl even given Me their so. receiver issues.
0: I completely agree with you. All right, uh, Lordy, we have to do the Steelers because they're one of the 14 playoff teams. We do. Okay, we do. but no, we do. But but, Pataro said he called it and he said they're one of the 14 teams.
1: <laughs> Damn it, Jimmy! Ah, uh, if TJ Watt were playing. Would this not be the perfect, like, oh my God, the Steelers are going to yeah. force four turnovers? Josh Allen's yes. going to melt down? Like, wouldn't that, but without TJ Watt, it feels impossible.
0: I saw someone reply to me on Twitter because Peyton Manning said, Nobody wants to put on oh, my show. Uh,
1: I, I like I, I like that you clarified. You said Peyton, and then you were like, Just to be clear, Peyton, uh, Manning. Peyton Manning. could have been Sean,
0: not... Sean Payton. It could have been, it could could have been one of two. He could, he could have stopped by here. That's um, fair. But he said, that uh nobody wants to play the bills because they don't know what they're getting they really don't know what they're getting you get like <laughs> including you get a hot bills. including the bills and someone replied to me perfectly they're just like what is absolutely going to happen is he's going to win the- Josh Allen's going to win with four interceptions against the steelers and then he's going to have the best game of his career against the chiefs in two weeks that is a hundred percent what's about to happen like i I, I i think this is going to be an absolute mud contest <laughs>
1: I do too. I, I don't. I don't believe the Steelers are going to get past the first round. I think their ceiling is give a nice performance against the Bills and lose. I don't think they have anything left beyond that. The Bills. Do you think the Bills can win the Super Bowl?
0: Yes, I do.
1: Um... You do You didn't. You didn't. Set, you didn't feel good about it though.
0: No, I just – I don't – every time we do this exercise, it's to do with maze, right, where, where you just like, who can win the Super Bowl? And I would always default to just, here's a good quarterback. Here's a quarterback who, can, who is a- almost unstoppable. And, like, I did that, that thing a couple of days ago about how the Ravens play really well against teams with winning records. It's because when Lamar Jackson is on fire – you cannot stop him, whether or not you're an 11 win team or a three win team. You just—it's mm-hmm. like, well, what are we supposed to do with that? And Josh Allen is kind of a on the second cut or the first cut yes. of of that kind of player. I think it goes Mahomes number one, Lamar number two, Josh Allen number three. Where it's like, what are we supposed to do with this guy? He's <laughs> this is this plays are so just like a,
1: right. hes huge and he can make any throw yes. when he's on. So yes. and he know. can scramble that—that that, yes, his scramble at the it was what was it like the third and long play was it fourth yeah. down i think it was third down or like the way they described it was like when footwork like he gained yeah. five yards and i don't know how he got there he got there in like two steps somehow he's such a f- absolute freak
0: so the the best case scenario for the bills is good josh allen is good
1: good for four games in a, four games in a row a couple of which are going to be on the road one of which is gonna be against the Ravens, where like they they love to have random players in random spots. Like they tormented Brock Purdy because yeah. he thought he had safe places to go with the football and he did not have safe places to go with the football. But Josh Allen's just Josh Allen. Like no, I I think Josh Allen doesn't want safe places to go with the football. Right. right. He he looks at he he is Josh Allen's gonna cook the places that are dangerous. Josh
0: Allen's gonna cook against the Ravens because he doesn't want to see anything but the most complicated like defense is going to have guys in, in wild places. And you say, Oh, I I want to play that game. I want to just (laughs) force the ball into triple coverage. I, this is me. This is my kind of party. Yes. Um, That's totally fair. Let's switch to the NFC here. The Packers. I don't, are we,
1: should we talk about the Ravens?
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule and the Ravens are so good that they're not on the schedule. Um, This one seems pretty easy to me. The best case scenario for the Ravens is they win the super bowl. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know, a lot more ball than I do. Uh, What has to happen for that?
1: Uh, they have to keep being the Ravens and not get in their own way, right? I mean, it feels like when they've lost this year, the Colts, the Steelers, and the Browns, right? They were the three losses for the Ravens this year. Mm -hmm. All those games felt like the Ravens got in their own way. Like they had four fumbles in two of those games. Uh, They had one game where they couldn't catch the football. They did like a a, a Chiefs homage before Halloween where they they just started dropping passes. Like they had that kind of game in them. When they played Tennessee in the playoffs a few years ago, when they were the one seed, they had that exact game where they've been great on fourth and one all year. They failed on fourth and one because they were sloppy. They dropped a bunch yeah. of passes, and one of them turned into a pick. Lamar got going late, but it took him three quarters to kind of warm up and get there. And, like, do you feel any more confident than you have in years past that Lamar is not going to have that kind of game again in the postseason?
0: No. Um, I was stunned and and now suffer from trust issues. <laughs> when they lost to the Titans.
1: That was a rough one.
0: Because I felt like... I mean, that was the year... I think there was a a stat that year that he crossed the line of scrimmage faster on on average, crossed the line of scrimmage faster than any player in football, and he's the most efficient passer in football. And so you look at that, and over the full season, he did it. And Mm -hmm. you look at that, and you're just like, how how does this stop? And then Mike Rabel said, say less, homie. I got this. (laughs) And And I just... From there, it, like it, it's actually funny. Like the, m- Remember when the Chargers played him and yep. uh, they put eight defensive backs in the field and mm-hmm. played really poorly and they had a nice little matchup thing? The thing that always frustrates me is that his failures are not... There's no blueprint to stop it. Mm-hmm. They're just, as you said, they're just kind of random. They're just kind mm-hmm. of like, oh, bad Lamar game, this isn't going to work. And I don't think there's like... I think that his... I think that's, that helps him overall, like be a better mm-hmm. quarterback. The fact there's no quote unquote blueprint to stop him, but it's also harder to predict over four games. Like what is Achilles heel is going to be? That's what concerns me.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and I, I, I've always liked Lamar. I've never been like someone who's like, oh, Lamar can't do it in the postseason. I don't think there's like anything that changes innately about his game and the playoffs, but just Lamar can be streaky and we'll, we'll see what happens. Like, like, would it be shocking if, Sean McDermott had a great game plan and Lamar fumbled twice or, you know, like, like Legereus Snead took away Zay Flowers and Lamar threw two interceptions trying to throw the ball to Isaiah Likely and Isaiah Likely was in the wrong spot or ball went off his fingertips. Like that's not out of the realm of possibility still. I just think to me, the defense is so good that I think they're more insulated against that than maybe they were in years past.
0: Any any big wars in Baltimore? Battle of Baltimore, eighteen fourteen. Yeah, I thought I thought there was a thing I in eighteen twelve. Sean McDermott. Civil War. No, they didn't get that far north. <laughs> they didn't get into uh, Maryland, did they? No, Annapolis. Right? The whole thing. No, the whole thing was that they they wanted they, they couldn't get into Maryland because then the whole the whole deal would be surrounded. There's they were very okay. worried about Maryland. They were very worried about Maryland. Um, is this real
1: dad energy for you. I feel like my, now that you're a dad, you know more about wars than I do.
0: But, well, Danny Kelly is is the <laughs> of all this stuff. We'll be back with Bill Barnwell after this. Packers, I don't think they win the Super Bowl. I love this team, but like this, I, I, what I would not be surprised if they won against the Cowboys. Yes, I'm just not anticipating sure. four games here in the playoffs.
1: One year too early. I think next year, legit Super Bowl contender. They have to get one more veteran receiver, though. There's just too young at receiver for me.
0: That's the number one thing for you. I think the defense could probably take a step forward. I mean, once they get into D.C., obviously. But I think, yeah, that sounds right.
1: If they if they hire Wink Martindale, I think oh they're God. a Super Bowl contender.
0: Oh my God. Oh my God. They need to I hire an ABC. They, they do need to hire G- D- Wink Martindale. Oh my God. I that that's an exciting team there. Um all right. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys.
1: I, got, I have I, the Cowboys I, making it to the Super Bowl. Me too.
0: Me too. <laughs> so do I. So do I. We're this in,
1: we're in the same hell together.
0: Oh my God. Um <laughs> And it's not, I promise you, it's not because. The Cowboys being good is a stimulus check to our industry. (laughs) I want to quickly say this. So the other day Peyton came on the show and said Mm -hmm. an answer about Dak that I did not find particularly like um, in the context of the show. I wasn't like we have to get this Dak clip out. Mm -hmm. And so I put a couple other clips out there and they did well. And then one of the Cowboys fan sites just ripped what he said about Dak (laughs) from our YouTube and put it on there. And it was by far like like thousands <laughs> of retweets thousands of likes and it's like at any just say like the words Dak Prescott or just look into a camera and say Dak Prescott and good things will happen in your career that's my lesson there was to someone, the journalists.
1: there was someone who once accused me or, or accused I think he accused Maze when I was talking to Maze about something and they're like you're just talking about blank to get clicks and it was the Jaguars cap situation yeah, that's true and I was like this is literally the opposite of how clicks work if I was talking There's about Dak Prescott in- you're fine
0: There's only one clickbait team. Anyway, um, let's get to actual football analysis. If the Cowboys win the Super Bowl, it's because of why?
1: It is because the pass rush takes over, and that takes over their weaknesses. They force a bunch of interceptions. They get ahead early, and they're playing from ahead the entire time. If they have to come from behind, they are screwed. I don't think they have that ability. They can't run the ball. Their secondary is very good, but you know forces takeaways, but also you can throw on them. So get ahead, force interceptions, win games that way.
0: Is there a stat that's a completely disingenuous about like how the Cowboys can't win when they're down eight in the fourth quarter, even though every single team except the Chiefs is really bad in that situation? Um, I don't
1: think so. Much. All right, I, I see where you're coming from.
0: I, the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not be surprised. I, I know I keep saying this. That's a team that I kind of feel like might be, if they win. So let's say they win against the Lions. Okay. Yep. And then they play the Niners. Niners. Mm, I don't. That's not. That I, w- I I don't know. We're just gonna keep making the Chris Collinsworth noise to each other for a <laughs> word. I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's 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 back up here. The Rams' yes. uh, best case scenario is is what? I think it's making the NFC Championship game and beating the Niners. And I don't. Yeah, know I'm with you.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I think I c- they could upset the Niners if things broke right for them. They can get pressure, obviously. They yeah. can run the ball, which I think is one of the ways to attack the Niners that we don't see very often because the Niners are almost always ahead. Um. They've been really good for two yeah. months. Like, they're 7-1, they're and one and their one loss is to the Ravens in overtime. Like, Sean McFay's a genius, and is a genius for a reason. And the names aren't very big, but we're seeing a lot of players break out. Some of their draft picks this year have broken out. Obviously, Puka being the most notable one. But, like, this is a team that I think their talent level is a lot higher than people realize. And I think they can be competitive with the Lions. I definitely think they can be competitive with the Niners if, if they don't get behind by two touchdowns early.
0: The Lions losing to Matthew Stafford in the first round. It wouldn't be too much to
1: bear. It'd be bleak. It'd be really bleak. I think that would be like a it, – it would be like the day the music died, but for Lions yeah, yeah, yeah. fans. Just, in, just in terms bad. of like, like – they feel so good about their team right now, and they should. Yeah. This is a very fun team. They're great. They, they've overcome adversity. Like they're, they're at the top of the roller coaster right now, and yeah. maybe it'll go a little higher. But like if they lose to the Lions – that roller coaster starts going down It's oh well dan campbell's too aggressive or oh aaron glenn's not that good of a coach or oh brad holmes has not done well in free agency like we're gonna start seeing them start picking apart what they believe to be a really good formula and i believe is a really good formula in terms of how they built the lions the past couple of years
0: i agree and the timeline is on track and brad holmes has no said to me two years ago we said the first so he said that, and i i agree with him he said the first, I don't agree with what he said, if it's true, uh, but he, But I know what he's saying when he said that the teardown was accidental. They didn't come in and say, we're going to clear it, but it's like Matthew Stafford wants a trade. Okay, this happens and it's this and it's this and they look and they go, oh, we have nothing. And so they said they've capped space and they had draft capital. So he said that the first year was building the foundations. The second year was what he called the HVAC year, just getting everything in. He said the third year was the chandelier year. This is the chandelier mm-hmm. year. Um, mm-hmm. So the house, the house is built. The house in Detroit is built in some ritzy Detroit suburb and it's a very nice house. Else. And um, I think I think that's underrated as far as like just getting this, this process going by year three when every other team struggles to do that and just makes excuses. Um, so I've been hugely impressed by that. I'd say they're the third most likely team. I know they're the three seed. They're the third most likely team for me to to make the Super Bowl. Am I wrong?
1: No, I, I don't disagree. Do you think Jared Goff has that in him where he can have four straight good games without having one stinker?
0: Um. he's done it before yeah Mm -hmm. as long as he doesn't turn the ball over um i think they're the most consistent team here to where like you would you would bet that they would i mean i'm not i'm sorry not uh, the third most consistent team i still Mm -hmm. obviously the niners being number one um the cowboys being number two but like when i'm thinking about the rams i'm thinking about the eagles certainly um we're gonna get to them in a second like i i try if we're doing trust factor the lions, the lions are definitely number three. Um, the mm-hmm. Eagles and the Bucks. I, 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 mean, best case in these two teams do not go together. But we'll do it very quickly. Yeah. Um, thank God. Thank God we're time limited on this one. Um, the Eagles is is the best case scenario is they find a new identity, stop making hundreds of mistakes and mental <laughs> errors per game, get new coordinators, uh, get find find more efficient running lanes, and then maybe health <laughs> for Jalen Hurts. I, I don't. I don't, Anything else? You,
1: you're hoping for two new coordinators in the next yeah. couple of weeks, and they've already replaced the coordinator once, and it made them worse somehow.
0: Well, they could do the Vic Fangio thing. They could just find a guy yes. who's been fired and be like, can you fix this by, by Monday? <laughs> Thank God they have the extra day in case they hire a coordinator tomorrow.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like... They can beat the Bucks. The Bucs are banged up yeah. as well. Baker Mayfield looked like he was just absolutely broken trying to beat the Panthers last week. And if they end up getting... They're the... They're the five. They mm-hmm. could get the Cowboys in the second round, and I mean, stranger things have happened than the Eagles beating the Cowboys. That would be again a boon for our industry sure. to see the Cowboys lose to the Eagles again in the second round. I don't think they can beat the Niners. I think they would get beaten by about sixty points if they faced the I Niners agree. in the NFC not,
0: Championship. Not to again. bring up FSU again, but um, the uh, one of the stranger things when you say stranger things have happened is that mm-hmm. the Eagles hired matt patricia or promoted matt patricia in december as their coordinator and now he's made everything worse um, we're gonna look right. back
1: in 10 years and just be like how did this happen how, how, did, how did matt patricia happen? end up here
0: someone in in four years is just gonna say y'all remember when matt patricia was the dc for a month and just <laughs> eight thousand retweets including by me i'm like whoa what was that <laughs> um all right bucks
1: bucks are one in, or I, I would say second round at best i mm-hmm. i'm I I don't see a banged up Baker, a banged up Rashad White, a defense that's been inconsistent. I don't see them getting very far.
0: Niners, last team. Um, I think we pretty much know Brock Purdy plays. I mean, Brock Purdy can improvise. He has that dog in him in a way. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo did not. He can play outside the system. But best case scenario is he just doesn't make mistakes. Plays within himself.
1: Absolutely. And they they, they win the Super Bowl. Yes, he can do stuff outside the system for sure. Do you want him to do no, that stuff? No, Sometimes, yes. That's what Sometimes, I'm saying. I'm saying, like, absolutely let's just
0: purdy. There's going to be open guys. Let's just yes. do this thing. You're yep. a savant at running this offense, the Kyle Shanahan offense. That's what we're going to do, buddy. And we're going to win the Super Bowl.
1: Do you think it's too easy for him? Like, do you think he's just like, you know, like I I have a bigger window than anybody else in football to hit receivers, but like everyone says, I'm just a system quarterback. Like I have to go hit some, some, like some trick shots to make people feel like I'm a real quarterback.
0: I think at some point he's going to do that. But at this point, he's probably like, what if I won the Super Bowl? That would be great. And then next year, next year is the trick shot year where you just go. All right. I know that the Brandon Iyuk is open by three steps, but I'm going to jam it in right here. I do. And then he
1: gets benched for Mac Jones.
0: Exactly right. Boring daring quarterbacks to be boring is a winning strategy because eventually they're going to go, mm, mm, "I'm bored. I'm going to just do this wild thing."
1: Or the Josh uh, Allen, I guess now.
0: The Josh Allen, everybody they're all like, "We don't like to do the boring thing." After like 5 5 times doing the same thing, I'm like, "Let's just do something else. I just want to <laughs> do something else. I don't want to Like if somebody was like you're going to get 50 million dollars to just talk about Cowboys all the time, which by the way is a viable way to get 50 million dollars. But then like on the sixth time, I'd be like, What if I did Jaguars cap? What if I did the Jaguars (laughs) cap situation? And then and then all of a sudden the execs come in and say, I'm sorry, sir, you were listen I've
1: I've thrown I've thrown a Cowboys uniform into the garbage five weeks in a row. I have to throw the Jaguars printout from over the cap into the garbage.
0: (laughs) Bill Barnwell, thanks for coming on, buddy. This is football. This has been football. Bill Barnwell is football. What if we do like an AEW thing where we just at the end of every episode say so-and-so is football? So-and-so is all elite. Bill Barnwell is all elite football. All right. Bye, buddy.
1: Thanks.